Welcome to Write Stuff Radio, where we showcase Christian authors worldwide. Each week, join me for a new author and a great new book to add to your library. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen, Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today is the beginning of the holiday season, and I know you guys are getting ready for Christmas. I know some of you are getting ready to buy all the gifts, to get the family together, to get all those great meals together. But today we are going to focus on what the real meaning of Christmas is all about, and it's all about the birth of Christ. And who other than Dennis Bailey? He is the author of the book we showcased before on the show called Army of God. And he's back out with a new book called The Boy Who Cried Christmas. I can't wait to tell you all about it in just a few moments. As always, we want to thank our Patreon team for their support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years. And as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, Simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, click on the pink follow button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. And so, without further ado, I'm going to reintroduce my guest co-host and contributor today, Dennis Bailey. Dennis, how you doing? Great, PJ. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me back on the show. And I'm glad to have you back as well. It's been a minute since the last time you were on, but that's why I love having my guests return. It gives me an opportunity to follow your career and to see what you're doing. And as always, I just enjoy reading your work. So I'm really glad you're back with me today. Glad to be here. So before I do that, Dennis, there are some people who don't know who you are. And I want to remind you that Dennis is a retired law enforcement officer. And he may not remember, but I do. Dennis actually helped me with one of my books as I tried to accurately portray a police investigation, I think. I can't remember it right offhand. So he's the best person to tell you about it. So go ahead and reintroduce yourself to our listeners today. Okay, I had a 28 and a half year police career with a Anne Arundel County Police Department that's in, located in, near Annapolis, Maryland. I had a very fruitful career, was able to work my way through the ranks. I was able to work as a detective in many challenging areas. And it was very rewarding for me to, uh, especially to be a detective working on uh, sex crime investigations and homicides and drug cases, and I even worked a stint in internal affairs for a while. But it was very rewarding. So you have all this experience that really adds a lot of depth to your writing. And one of the things that come through with your writing is the fact that you stick to the facts. And this shows in the way you write. I was telling Dennis before we started recording that I believe his writing has improved even from his stellar novel, Army of God. And for those of you who haven't read Army of God, 
this is such a unique take on Noah's Ark. You got to get it. So go ahead, go online, pick up your copy of Army of God today. And while you're at it, make sure you pick up The Boy Who Cried Christmas as well. So we're going to get to that in a second. But Dennis, since the last time we've been on the show, you have worked on The Boy Who Cried Christmas. What was the genesis behind this idea? Well, I'm really glad you asked me that question, DJ, because it came out of the blue. Of course, I've got to give the Lord all the credit, but I was actually working on my, two years ago on my current novel, which is more of an apocalyptic thriller. And when the Christmas season rolled around, I got, received a little nudge from God that uh, I wanted to work on a, on a Christmas story about, really told the story about the birth of Christ and during this time of the secular worship of Christmas. And so I actually put down and committed one of the cardinal sins of, in writing, which is never to start another book until you finish the one you're working on. And I said, I'm going to write a few scenes. So I wrote, I started, I sat down and wrote a few scenes for this book. And then it, it was at Christmas time because I was in the Christmas spirit. And it just kept going from there. PG. I just, it was just, I couldn't stop. I mean, I, I was going to stop after like, you know, two or three chapters. But I got the Christmas writing bug, and then it just went from there, and I just finished all through, the way through the end. That was, it was a very difficult process. In fact, the, my first draft was so bad, when I sent it to the editor, I had, it took me, concept story was completely different than the one that finally made it to uh, print. It took me another year to fix all the problems with my story, but ultimately, I, th- I think it was worth it, and I was able to, um, to convey the message I wanted to, to, to convey. Don't we just love our editors? They take our mess and somehow get it working all over again. (laughs) I could definitely understand the appreciation of an editor. And shout out to the editors. They are a writer's gift. Make sure you have one if you don't have one. Now, Dennis, in The Boy Who Cried Christmas, it was very important for you, and as I alluded to at the beginning of our broadcast here, to make sure that Christ was the center of this Christmas story. And it was actually jarring for me to have such a story. I went into the story blind. I can remember when you reached out to me about, I think, 2020, in the 2020, 2021, somewhere around there about the book, but I didn't have an opportunity to actually read it and have you on the show till now. So when I read it over the weekend, it was just absolutely phenomenal how we have been so conditioned to think of Christmas in a commercial, secular way and forgetting about the one who brought Christmas, if you will, into fruition, into existence. And so I'm glad that the Lord used you with this message. And if you look online, dear listener, you will see there are hundreds of reviews talking about the boy who cried Christmas. I got to ask, Dennis, did that surprise you how people reacted to the story? Well, yes and no. I mean, I was like shocked at the uh, at the number of, of reviews, and of course, the vast majority were positive. But that I wrote a book from a Christian perspective, and it's, since it seems that many of the comments were coming from obvious Christian readers, that part wasn't surprising because I, I really had hoped to write a story that would uh, touch the hearts of really of all readers. But I thought it would certainly find a special place in the hearts of, of the believer. Now, let's go ahead and dig into The Boy Who Cried Christmas. And anyone listening to that title would definitely think of The Boy Who Cried Wolf. I love the play on words, and it actually shows up in the book itself. Let's talk about, without giving away too many spoilers, what is The Boy Who Cried Christmas about? Well, The Boy Who Cried Christmas is about a spoiled rat, essentially, 
who meets a homeless man on the streets of New York City and is taken back to the time of Christ to witness the birth of Christ in order to see the true meaning of Christmas. His own words that he says in the opening scenes, you can see how spoiled he is, and he has no idea. He does know what the true meaning of Christmas is, but he has a a stepfather that thinks it's all hooey, so he isn't really uh, tuned in to what the, the true meaning of Christmas is. But this angel takes him back to the time of Christ so that he can actually witness for himself, and that the whole point of the book is that this uh, skeptical young boy becomes not just a believer in Christ, but a witness to the birth of Christ, and that he would bring that story back to the present time. And of course, the main part of the, the story from the theme of The Boy Who Cried Christmas is, as you pointed out, is The Boy Who Cried Wolf. When he gets back, nobody will believe him. There's another aspect to this story as well. This is where I know your law enforcement background comes into play. So the first chapter begins with Logan, who is our spoiled brat. The next chapter jumps to Marcus. And Marcus, whereas Logan is excited about Christmas, Marcus is dreading it that it gets kind of dark very quickly. And I was sitting here wondering when I first read the book, like, how is he going to bring these two together? (laughs) One's excited for Christmas, one practically hates Christmas. And then we have a third character that makes his entrance into this story. And I don't want to spoil it too much, but let me tell you, when you get to the character of Wendell, Wendell is a sad, pathetic little man. (laughs) But uh, he actually plays a big role in Logan's Christmas in many different ways. I can't wait to tell you or actually have you read that part of the story. So make sure you go ahead, pick up your copy of The Boy Who Cried Christmas available wherever books are sold. So, Dennis, we're looking at Logan. He gets sent back to the time of before Jesus was born. And he has some wonderful interactions with a group of people. Who are those people he interacts with? Well, the main uh, group of characters are this group of shepherds. The shepherds that you read about in all the Christmas stories, and of course, from the biblical uh, story in Luke, uh, that these shepherds are in Bethlehem, and he's taken back to just before the birth of Christ. He actually witnesses that event when the angels appear to the shepherds and make the announcement. I found this aspect of the story interesting because we don't hear a lot about the shepherds. We see them have a peripheral role, but in this case, you totally slip it on its head by having the shepherds have a major role in this story. So I have to despoil one scene for you. So Logan is from our time, and it's interesting that he goes back in time and he says words that the shepherd character, his name is Simeon, does not understand So there's a humorous exchange between Simeon and Logan, where Logan's like, well, where's the American embassy? And he goes, I don't know what those words mean. (laughs) And you're thinking, yeah, this is thousands of years before America even was a blip on the map. (laughs) okay? And it's kind of humorous because he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what those words mean. And even during that, there's this God event happening that Logan from nine years old doesn't even have a clue how these shepherds can understand 21st century English. (laughs) And I thought that was a hilarious part of the story. And I was thinking, wow, even then God is just fully aware of Logan, what he's doing. So now we have a situation where he's back in time and he's missing. So what's happening while he's missing and back in time, what's happening in the 21st century for his parents? 
Well, Logan actually disappears from the apartment on the 10th floor of an apartment in New York City, and the police and the FBI are called in because no one knows how he got out of there. So they're assuming it's a kidnapping case. So they're conducting a full-scale investigation into finding and looking into the disappearance of Logan. And of course, his parents are, are very upset and stressed and going through their own crisis at the time. But the FBI agent he referenced earlier, who was going through his own crisis, and that crisis is that he lost his wife on Christmas Eve. So he hates Christmas. So he's not thinking about Christmas. He's thinking about trying to find out where this nine-year-old little boy disappeared to. One of the things that comes out during this is that you really explore people's view of Christmas in various characters that interact with the holiday. So for Marcus, he hates Christmas. For Logan, he thinks Christmas is just about the gifts that he receives. For his stepfather, it's just a holiday to endure until New Year's. And for Wendell, it's just something to absolutely revile. And I think you captured what a lot of people feel about Christmas, <laughs> except for the main person who Christmas is about. When you received feedback from readers about the boy who cried Christmas, were some of the comments you received just about this very thing? Yes, and, and thankfully, all those comments were positive. I received a, a lot of feedback about how they loved the story because it was about Jesus. It was about the birth of Christ. And it wasn't secular in nature, and it just helped to support and uh, enhance people's faith in the birth of Christ, in the birth of a Savior. Now, one of the things I want to ask you, and I always ask this question, Dennis, because so many of our listeners do want to be writers, but they're not quite sure about the process. So I would love for you to share your process with writing this story only to encourage those with the gift of organization, maybe, <laughs> when they want to write their story. So go ahead and share your process with us. Well, just totally different from my usual process, because I was actually in the middle of writing another novel. And I actually broke away from that novel at, at around Christmas time. I got the Christmas writing bug and decided to try to write just a few scenes uh, that I was going to write uh, for this story just to get it started because I was in there deep in the Christmas spirit in the month of December. And it I just carried on from there and just continued. And I ended up putting the, no, the novel I'm working on currently on the shelf and concentrating on the boy who cried Christmas. So, But the writing process for me is very slow and methodical. I am not a, a fast writer. I know I've heard of many writers who can write you know, 18,000 uh, words in a weekend. I've never been able to do that. My writing process, Army of God, took total of four years for me to complete this book. It took me over two years, and part of the reason was because the, the first draft of it was terrible and horrendous and unreadable. But again, thankfully, I had an editor who uh, pointed out some things to me, and I was able to spend that next year rewriting and revamping the story toward it is now, which I hope our readers will find to be a good story. Let's talk about some of the characters for a minute, because there is another theme interwoven with this book that I think we need to at least bring about. And it's about a young boy looking for a father. And Logan has a stepfather, but would you say their relationship is strained, distant, cool? How would you describe it? Well, unfortunately, uh, I may have uh, taken this part of the characterization from my own childhood, having grown up in a stepfather family or but 
I know that in a lot of stepfather uh, or step parent families, the relationship isn't always warm between the parents and the children of the other spouse. So this Brad, who's the uh, father in this story, he's well-to-do and he provides for Logan. He provides for his every need except one, the emotional support of being the father. He figures that because he provides for his physical and buys him things, part of the Christmas story is in there that Logan is looking forward to receiving all these presents, which are really being given to him by his stepfather. But he doesn't even have time for him. Sometimes there's a scene in there where he doesn't even have time to speak to the boy about something that's important to him. So that's the dynamic there. And unfortunately, how it is in a lot of um, step-parent families. Yeah, the blended family can be very difficult to deal with because you do have that line between the natural children and children by marriage. And then you have, well, this isn't my kid. This is your kid vice versa. And instead of using that opportunity to build a new family together, some people do make that boundary of, well, that's not my child. And so I'm glad that you actually added this dynamic in here because it lets the reader know that they do have the opportunity to make a change in a child's life. And so now we're going to have Dennis read an excerpt for us. It's one of my favorite parts in this book, and usually I let the author set up this scene, but I'll tell you myself. What happens here is that Logan didn't do any work when he went back in time, and he's with a shepherd named Simeon. And so that's the setup here. So Dennis, I'm going to go ahead, mute myself, go ahead and tell us the story. Okay. Nearing dusk, Logan and the shepherds gathered where a freshly slaughtered lamb was being cooked over an open fire. Though he'd never eaten lamb before, Logan found the aroma surprisingly appealing. Dinner consisted of the roasted lamb, freshly curdled cheese, and more unleavened flatbread. At a breakfast, Simeon passed out the loaves of flatbread to everyone except Logan. After the blessing, Simeon motioned to Zephon, seated nearest the roasting lamb. He cut pieces of meat from the lamb, skewed them onto sticks, and passed them to each of the other shepherds, again excluding Logan. Excuse me, Logan said. I think you forgot me. We didn't forget you, Simeon said. Seeing you did no work, we thought you could not possibly be hungry. Whatever gave him that idea, and whoever said you had to do work in order to be hungry, well, I am hungry, Logan said. Do you know the story of the ant? Why would I know a story about an ant? I don't think so. What is it? It's a proverb, one of many from the book of Proverbs in the Holy Scriptures. It says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. What's a sluggard? Logan said, a lazy person who does not work. Logan's cheeks flushed and his stomach tightened. Oh, okay, I get it. But couldn't I just have a piece of cheese or some bread to tide me over? Now, what would be the lesson in that? It's not fair. Logan heard the whine in his voice. You can't starve me. Starve you? Simeon and the other shepherds chortled. I doubt one night without food will cause you to waste away. Eliab was the first to stop laughing. He eyed Logan from behind a smooth olive face covered by a short, dark beard. Have you never fasted before? Fasted, Logan said. I don't even know what it is. 
It's when you abstain from food for some period of time to honor the Lord. Who in their right mind would do that? Simeon swept his arm around, gesturing to the other shepherds. Everyone here. Your sons, too? Logan glanced in succession at Asher, Ephraim, and Perez, each who nodded in response. Worry not, my young friend, Simeon said. Tomorrow you will have another opportunity to work, and likewise, another opportunity to eat. Perhaps it was just in his head, but the thought of not having anything to eat the rest of the night caused Logan's stomach to rumble, a sensation he hadn't felt since some kid stole his lunch back in first grade. What kind of people were these anyway, withholding food from a kid just because he didn't want to work? Boy, would Robert get an earful when he got back. And that is my favorite part. I shouldn't say favorite, but one of my favorite parts in The Boy Who Cried Christmas. I thought it was a lesson well learned. I even felt convicted. Like, if I don't work today, why should I eat anything? (laughs) So, yeah, I definitely love that scene. So glad that you read it for our listeners. And for our listeners, you see how engaging that scene was. There is so much more to this story when you pick up your copy of The Boy Who Cried Christmas available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Make sure you get your copy today. Now, Dennis, we are getting to the end of our show today. I got to tell you, I definitely enjoyed having you today. If people want to connect with you, where can they find you online? Uh, Well, of course, I have a Facebook page, but my author website is DennisBaileyAuthor.com. And I have a website there that has information about the, the Boy Who Cried Christmas and, and Army of God, any of my forthcoming books. Now, what is the current book you're working on now? You said it was a war apocalyptic thriller. Do you have any details you can share or you still just want to make sure you get it written first? <laughs> well, I do want to get it written, but I'll, I will share a little bit of details with you. It's kind of an apocalyptic thriller, but it's basically a story about what the world would be like if God closed his hand. So. It's not about any of the plagues, like the plagues of Egypt. It's more about if God took things away that we take for granted as blessings every day, what would the world be like? Oh, that sounds quite intriguing. Can't wait to showcase it when you finish it. Cannot wait to read it. Now, Dennis, this show is always about encouraging authors whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. So go ahead and encourage them out there today. All I can say is if God has laid something on your heart, you should follow his lead. And for the longest time, you know, I uh, had my ears plugged and didn't know what my purpose in following my writing career was. But he'll always make that clear to you. And just prepare yourself for some failure, okay? It's not an easy uh, task. As I pointed out earlier, Army, it's a long process. You may be better writers than I am, or or it may come easier to you. And and different writers write in different ways. But the main thing is don't give up. No matter what, don't give up. You're going to have some suffer some setbacks, but that's why the Lord's there. He's there to help pick you up from the setbacks. And unless he's dissuaded you completely from writing, I just highly recommend you follow your dream and give it a try. And if editors, you know, like destroy your manuscripts like they have mine many times, just keep at it and keep following your dream. And if it's a dream that you have a dream to be a Christian writer and you're out there trying to write to honor God, Believe me, God is going to bless you. Dennis, thank you so much for being with us on the show today. And I cannot wait to have you back and have you back real soon. Well, thank you for having me, EJ. It's always a pleasure. 
I just enjoy our time together and I appreciate you allowing me to reach your audience and, and to help promote the book. And we were talking today to Dennis Bailey. He is the author of The Christmas Story, The Boy Who Cried Christmas. If you're looking for a Christmas story fully immersed, engrossed in all about Christ, this is the book for you. We all love our Hallmark stories, but we wouldn't have the Hallmark stories if it wasn't for Christ. We wouldn't know about what a real gift of life was if Christ did not give his life for us. This Christmas season puts a Christ back in Christmas. Go ahead and get your copy of The Boy Who Cried Christmas, available today wherever books are sold. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen, Parker J, and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.